Hello, this is your host, Zach Turner, and welcome to the History Show podcast. Today we'll be talking about the Northern Ireland Conflict. A little bit about the Northern Ireland Conflict, which was also known as the Troubles. It was, um, it took place from 1922 to 1998. And in, it was a series of conflict between um, the Catholics and the Protestants of Ireland, many people lost their lives and even more were injured um, because of these conflicts, which later turned into terrorist attacks. And in its period in time, that really shows the effect um, of what a divided nation can have um, and affect a society in such a way. Well, here with me today is Mr. Tippett. To help us give a better insight of what really went on with the Troubles. But first, a bit of background on the Northern Ireland conflict. First off, I have to start by talking about the IRA. The IRA stands for the Irish Republic Army and was a group founded in 1919. It was formed as a successor to the Irish Volunteers, a nationalist organisation formed in 1913. Over the years of the 20th century, the IRA were involved in many conflicts in in Ireland. Um, The IRA's main objective was to end the British rule in the northern part of Ireland um, and unite it with the rest of Ireland. The IRA would use guerrilla warfare tactics such as ambushes, sabotages and raids when fighting for their causes, which was also seen in the Vietnam War. The real root of this issue that created tension um, between Northern Ireland and the rest of Ireland was the fact that the Irish are mainly Catholics, whereas the um, Northern Irish were mainly Protestants. The Catholics considered themselves Irish and had and held very nationalist views, while the Protestants aligned themselves with the British and were wondering why the North Irish and mainland Irish were two very different forms of Christianity. The Protestants really wanted to align with um, the UK. And you may be wondering why the North Irish and mainland Irish were two very different forms of Christianity. Well, that can be tracked, traced straight back um, hundreds of years to the 17th century when Britain occupied Ireland and encouraged many Protestants from Scotland and Britain the move and to move and inhabit the northern part of Ireland. Um, the trigger that kick-started the Northern Ireland conflicts happened in 1920, when Britain answered the demands of the IRA by granting most of Ireland its independence, except for Northern Ireland, which remains part of the UK. The big issue was that 40% of those living in Northern Ireland were still Catholic nationalists. And the IRA was still not satisfied with the UK. This was the start of the Northern Ireland conflicts and led to all the conflicts I'm about to talk about. The overall issue was um, that Northern Ireland was populated with 40% of Catholic nationalists and the IRA was still not satisfied with the UK. This was the start of the Northern Ireland conflict and leads to all the conflicts that Mr. Tippett will give us more of an insight about. Well, one conflict was on October 5th, 1968 in Derry, where a march had been organised by the Catholic civil rights activists to process discrimination. 
The march was banned when Unionists announced that they would be staging a counter-demonstration, but the Catholic civil rights activists decided to carry out their protest anyway. Rioting then erupted after the Royal Ulster Consultabury State Police Force in Northern Ireland violently suppressed the marches with batons and water cannons. Another event that occurred was the Battle of Bogside on the 12th of August 1969. This consisted of two days of rioting that erupted in Belfast and elsewhere, and the British Army was dispatched to restore order. But probably the most famous battle was Bloody Sunday, which occurred in Londonderry on the 31st of January 1972, where about 15,000 Catholic civil rights protesters gathered to march. The march was banned and the 1st Battalion Parachute Regiment was deployed to prevent it from completing its route. The march was diverted, but some groups of marchers clashed with soldiers at a barricade and were fired on with rubber bullets and tear gas. The soldiers moved out of the barricade to make arrests and opened fire on the marchers with live rounds. 14 people were killed, 13 on the day, and one dying later from their injuries. Wow. It's nothing that we can really um, track back to what we experience now. Um, with that sort of conflict, but you can also almost link it towards um, rioting getting out of hand, like with uh, Black Lives Matter and, and people getting hurt and people getting killed. It's very sad. Um, but moving on, we're going to talk about the consequences of the Northern Ireland conflict. So Mr. Tippett, go ahead. The consequences of the Northern Ireland conflict can be seen in later years such as between the 1970s and 80s, where groups from either side, such as other organisations that are branched out from the IRA, for example, the Provisional IRA for the Catholics, and groups such as the Yolster Volunteer Force and Yolster Defence Association for the Protestants, started to carry out acts of terrorism and assassination. The Yolster Volunteer Force and Yolster Defence Association carried out shootings of Catholic civilians and bombed bars and pubs such as the Dublin and Mohammedan bombings of May 1974 where 33 civilians were killed. The Provisional IRA also carried out their fair share of attacks such as in 1972 where they carried out a series of bombings in Belfast that resulted in nine people losing their lives. The attacks were carried out in response to Bloody Sunday as mentioned before and became known as Bloody Friday. The Troubles are also still having a psychological impact on the people of the present day. This can be shown by former civil rights marcher Mahonica McWilliams' statement referring to her memories of the Troubles where she said, they are with us every day, especially those of us who were bereaved. It's a festering sore because it has never been dealt with. Going off of um, the result and the effect that the conflicts really had, um, what was the sort of resolution to the problem and the violence and the terror that was really shown throughout um, Ireland for such a long period of time? The Northern Ireland conflict started to be resolved in the early 1990s. One of the first steps was when the Downing Street Declaration of 1993 was signed by Prime Minister John Mayer and Theo Search Albert Reynolds. The declaration set out key principles including that any unification of Ireland could only take place with the consent of the majority of people of Northern Ireland and that only Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland had the right to solve their disputes. The declaration was approved by the Republican Party Sinn Fine, the political wing of the provisional IRA. 
Fighting between the nationalists and unionists continued to die down from the Downing Street Declaration, and by 1997, both the Provisional IRA and the Lord's paramilitaries had called ceasefires. On the 10th of April 1988 was when the Good Friday Agreement was signed. It was an agreement between the British and Irish governments and most of the political parties in Northern Ireland and was on how Northern Ireland should be governed. This meant that all these groups had finally agreed on a way to deal with the issue of Northern Ireland being a part of Ireland and marks the end of the Northern Ireland conflict. Wow, such an integral yet devastating part of Ireland's history and something that we never hope to see or experience ever again. Well, thank you, Mr. Tippett, for unpacking with us today the Northern Ireland conflict. Very much appreciated. And thank you to those at home, maybe dropping the kids off at school or putting the washing up or even enjoying this from the comfort of a warm fire and a hot chocolate. We hope that you have learned something new today. We'll see you next time on The History Show.